Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Last Tuesday, crew of the 2021-22 school year. What's going on? Eddie Kalegi here with Brett Hahn, Alex Carminati, Amir Lighty, Ellis Gordon will be joining us in hour two. It's the final crew with Skip and Shen. And here on a Tuesday, we got an interview with Shane Knobloch from Rutgers Men's Lacrosse coming in hour two. The Rutgers Men's Lacrosse team getting set for the Big Ten tournament. Both men's and women's lacrosse playing in the Big Ten tourney this weekend. Rutgers out in College Park in Maryland. Scarlet Knights women's lacrosse home hosting the tournament uh, at SHI Stadium starting on Friday. But uh, we got everybody here. We may as well get started with the NBA playoffs, guys, because I know we have a Sixers fan here in Alex Carminati. And with Joel Embiid hurt game one, the first game without Embiid did not go particularly well against Miami last night. Well, first off, great to be with you gentlemen here on this Tuesday. The crew, the last Tuesday crew of the, uh, the, uh, of, of the semester and possibly or most likely the last crew with Shannon Shop. Skip and Shannon are going to go out with a bang today. I'm all, that's all I'm saying here, Shannon Shop. We're going out with a bang, and we're going to have some fun here as we say so long. But overall, oh, my goodness. Look, I'll say this. We, we lost by 14 last night. Sixers lost uh, by 14. Even though Harden put up 16 and Maxie only put up 19, Tobias Harris played very, very well in 37 minutes. And, yes, he's a guy where, you know, maybe he's overpaid. Maybe he, he, he doesn't produce enough at the right time. Maybe he doesn't come up in, in, in the clutch nine times out of ten. Even though it was a 14-point loss without your franchise player, I thought Tobias Harris played very, very well last night. And 37 minutes, 27 points. Harden had 35 and 16. Harden was one rebound away from a, from a double-double. And Tyrese Maxey had 19 points all 35 minutes, too. So, yes, you know, you're shorthanded to begin with without Joel. It's going to sting for who knows how long, hopefully not super long. I figured Miami would win game one. I didn't expect it to be that big by 14 points, to be honest with you. I expected maybe 10, 7, 8, somewhere in that range. 14 was a little disappointing, but at the same time, keep in mind, Joel's not playing. So when, 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 when we look at this team right now, when they're down 0-1, still no Joel, game two is tomorrow night. Look, all I can say is that it's if if Tobias Harris can continue a performance like that, if James Harden can keep it going a little more offensively, and if Tyrese Maxey can break 20, they might not win the game versus Miami, but they can make it even closer than it was to kick off the series. That's true, but James Harden... There's got to be concerns. I mean, he can oh, I know. he cannot score at the same clip that he used to. I was watching the uh, the real Skip and Shannon this morning, and Skip was saying that James Harden is washed, and you know he has not put up 25 points in a playoff game since Game Two of the series for the Nets against the Bucks last year. Really? So it has been a long time coming now for Harden, and I just really wonder at this point. Does he have enough to carry the team? Because we really don't know when Joel Embiid is going to be back. You know Embiid is going to be trying to get out there first chance he can get, but clearly injured right now, and without him, sure, Tobias Harris played well. Sure, Maxie has had an incredible season, but James Harden, I just don't know what to expect. Maybe, Brett, you are the James Harden expert since you are a Rockets fan, but (laughs) do you think there's a chance he can maybe turn this around and 
carry this team like he tried to with Houston back in the day? Hell no. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and here's the reason why. Brett, um, I hope you're wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> no, no, look, I, I have been a James Harden fan for a while, and I, I love the guy to death. I defend him against my friends who are very staunch James Harden opposers, and I still do to a degree, but I've started to let go a little bit just because of this season's play. But, you know, Joel Embiid being out, I, I mean, this is James Harden's team. Every right. every win that they get, a chance at winning the series is through him. 16 points on inefficient shooting is not enough. And he has proven this season, with even with Brooklyn and with Philly now, that he's not the scorer that he once was and that the rule changes that were made regarding free throws affected his game 100% to the point where he might even be considered a liability. Mm. And and. I just don't think he's the guy to get the Sixers uh, over the hump. And honestly, I, I think they're lucky to get one game. Look, 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 I'll say this. And yes, Joel, he's not there. Harden's not the player he once was. The injuries definitely, especially the past two years, ever since he left Houston, have really been a nail-biter and a, and, a, and a stab in the back, in a way, for Harden in you know the way he's played and how it's impacted his play. Harden, yes, he might not be your guy right now who's going to get you 20 points a night or what have you. You might not have to have that. You might not get that in general. What I'm looking more forward for the Sixers, win or lose this series, and whether or not Joel comes back, whether or not Doc Rivers really utilizes the bench more. And that's something that'd be really... He won't, sadly. He, he, he never I know makes he adjustments. Won't. I don't know, I know how he he's won't. a job. But, but I hope, I'm, I'm hoping... And what can be the only hope for the Sixers team right now is to use the bench more. Like, Shake Milton got 15 minutes and put up four points only. We look at Paul Reed, 13 minutes, four points, and nine rebounds in that time, too. Well, and Much that's, more than De- De- uh, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, yeah and, and that's, that's, exa- yeah, that's exactly what the point is, that he's not going to use the bench. Because if he did use the bench effectively, Paul Reed would have been starting last night. I agree. Not DeAndre Jordan. I, I think agree that, with DeAndre you, Jordan is awful and has been bad on three good teams now in the last three years. Well, I mean, again, look. Look, I mean, all all you can take with this Sixers series right now from a Sixers perspective, you just got to hope jo- Joel comes back soon. But what we're dealing with right now and what we're seeing right now, you want to stay optimistic. You want to stay positive. I think if Tobias Harris can continue to put up 25, 27 points like he did last night, he really has to push it more. Harden has to push it more. Tyrese Maxey, there's going to be a lot more on him too, especially with Joel out. So with those three guys mainly, yeah, that's your bread and broth bread and butter right now without Embiid. But Doc Rivers has to realize you have a strong bench. You've got young players, pretty young players who can play and be on point when they t- when they make the most of their time. Use them. Use advantage them. And sadly, Brett, you're probably right, but if you are Doc Rivers and you're the Sixers team, you're going to have to rely more on your bench and, 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 and your depth with Thibault, with Reed, with Milton, you know, guys like that. And overall, yes, I don't like Doc Rivers. I'm not a big fan of Doc Rivers. He's not a bad coach. He's not, he's, he's not a great coach either. But at the same time, when we look at, you know, this, you know, the, the situation they're dealt in right now, you just got to be really optimistic as a Sixers fan that one, Joel comes back ASAP. And number two, that Tobias and James Harden can really lead the load. And also Tyrese Maxey can be more of a cushion for the Sixers team. Look, again, they they probably will go down 2-0. But if you can go down 2-0 and lose game two within seven to ten points, that's a victory in itself without Joel Embiid. Amir, I want to let you jump in on this. How are you feeling about this series so far? Man, do y'all not know who Doc Rivers is? 
I do, sadly. I do. I do, sadly. But if the regular season was one on uh, – I'm sorry. If championships were one on the regular season, it would be the greatest coach of all time. Right. Tell me, tell me, when was the last time you won a ring? 2008, Boston Celtics. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. When was the last time, you know, we got a couple of uh, 3-1s up, right? He was up 3-1 with the Clips. Yep. Remember? Indeed. He was up 3-1 with uh, the Rockets, I'm pretty sure, too. No. No, no, not, not with the Rockets. No, no. Clippers and... It was Clippers and um, it was a magic, magic back in the day. Magic. Mm-hmm. Magic. 3 mm-hmm. I mean, like, to me, I mean, yeah. James Harden is a, is becoming like it's looking like no one really won that trade. It's just it just it's just looking like one is actually playing and the one the other one's just a bum. Hmm. Agreed. James Harden has not been himself since since I don't even know since I guess his He's first Houston. first or second year since Houston. Houston. Even in his last year in Houston, he wasn't himself. I mean. What else can you do? I don't know if you guys saw the video, but there was a video that Harden tried to sit next to Maxi yesterday. Maxi got up and sat, <laughs> sat on the that. other side. When you know, it's looking like there's a couple of complications going on in that little bench. So I'm just saying, it doesn't look like the Harden is not going to be able to lead that team, and 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 Embiid is going to yeah come back. Hope yeah, I don't. Hopefully, I hope they lose. But Embiid, yeah, sorry. Embiid, <laughs> Embiid comes back. Yeah, it'll definitely become more of a fight. But sure. But Harden's not going to be able to. What if Embiid has to sit back out? He's going to be. What if Embiid's on minutes restriction? Sure. Probably won't be, but what if he had to? Mm-hmm. Embiid, no, you're right. Harden's not going to be able to lead that team. Tobias Harris is not supposed to lead the team. Yeah, yeah he's supposed to come up at times. He should be scoring mm-hmm. uh, with his contract at least 18 plus a game. Right, right. Maybe fi- I'll give him 15 plus a game. I mean. 15's generous, to be honest with you. Yeah. Very generous. Yeah, so I'm like, bro, like. I, I I just I I miss the I miss the thunder Harden to be honest like that man was working hard he was he was he was shooting with he had making great shots made clutch plays like I don't know if he's just stuck in the lifestyle now that he got a couple maxes because he's gonna want another max after this yeah he's gonna want another max Look, I'll say this because the first few games or really the first week or month or so of James Harden with the Sixers man it was something else he put up triple doubles left and right at one point to kick off his career with the Sixers sadly it folded down you know he got worn out a bit some injuries here and there and that's the same thing that happened after he got traded to the Nets you're too. right you're yeah. right sadly at the same time. Whether it's Steve Nash or whether it's Doc Rivers, the coaching doesn't help. And say what you want about the coaching. Say what you want about Harden himself. I put more of the blame on Doc because he knows he has the pieces to throw in there and he just doesn't use them when either James gets hurt, when James is not playing well, or when you have a guy like DeAndre Jordan and Danny Green who is starting over Shake Milton and, you know, Paul Reed. It, it, it just makes no sense to me. And look, I get it. The veteran presence, maybe the, the playoff experience with those guys in Green and Jordan, but the past two, three years have not been the prettiest years for these guys. They've been really bad players. They've been some of the worst players in basketball. The fact that the Sixers kept Danny Green and brought DeAndre Jordan, I wasn't a thrilled about that to begin with. But we look at this team right now, and we look how young this team is, not just right now, but for the future. Embiid the franchise. Harden's 33. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he's, he doesn't. I don't know. But Tyrese Maxey, this, this entire playoffs, has just become an all-around franchise player going forward for the 76ers at that point guard spot. Uh, a spot. You know, Ben Simmons clearly was not the answer for being that scorer with Embiid. James Harden, maybe he is, maybe he's not. Ty, Ty, Tyrese Maxey could be. 
Tyrese Maxey could be that answer next to Embiid as being that one-two punch there with the Sixers. At the same time, Shake Milton could be a three. You can see Paul Reed develop into being either a backup center for Embiid or, or, or maybe a power forward. Depends on how long Tobias Harris stays along with the 76ers. So as, as a whole, you know, this team is so young. And yes, maybe you win the series without Joel. Maybe you don't. It's really a toss-up at this point for where the Sixers go or the chances of the Sixers altogether. Miami's favored. Miami's the better team. Without Joel, they probably will win the series in five or six games. But as a whole, right now, if you're the Sixers, whether you win the series or you don't win the series, put more of your young guys in there. And yes, maybe what? yes, I no. would. Yes, I would. No. Listen, sh- skip. No. Shen Shop. No. Here's you would why. not put in young guys during a Shake playoff Milton. series. Shake right Milton now. right now. Compared to. You're telling me you wouldn't start Paul Reed over DeAndre Jordan or put Shake Milton in there over Danny Green right now? You, no, because I'm putting. Me that. A, I mean, Shake no, because Shea is debatable. Danny, yeah, is a freaking flop and always doesn't know how to shoot. But uh-huh. at least he has a ring and he has playoff freaking. Um, He's not experience. been the same player since though. No, heck, no, he has. But I'm not gonna just give up. I'm not gonna just. I'm not saying I'm giving up because right. I'm starting younger players already. Sure, sure. But I'm gonna still start the veteran players. I'm still gonna uh-huh. give the veteran players more time sure, because sure. they're used to it. They're they're in that experience. They're there for we. They brought in those veteran players for a reason. Right, right. Obviously, if they wanted to start the, the younger guys. Maybe if you want to give a little spark, I get that. But you should not be giving the younger guys already 20, 30 minutes, you know, over people that have been in playoff experiences, been championship teams, have been used to it. Maybe it's just, you know, chemistry's not where it should where it's where it should be at. You know, it might be Doc's fault. It might should it might sure. be time for Doc to go. I agree. It, 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 he should you know? go. I agree, but, I mean, but the problem is when you hold back these young players, not just in, you know right now, but in general throughout the entire season, when you hold them back, how are they going to grow to begin with? And yes, I get it. I, I, I get the concerns. Jordan has more experience and Green and guys like that, but we've seen Shake Milton come alive. We've seen you know you know you know Paul Reed be this all of a sudden backup star behind Joel Embiid and someone who can be a, be a be, be a cornerstone for several years to come. So why not give those guys a chance especially right now if they're out of it without Joel Embiid and and they're probably not going to win the series at all if that's what we're saying and if we're saying Joel might not come back or if this team is is going to lose regardless of what takes place if that's the situation why not give these guys the time because why not give them the chance to prove themselves? Because then they're going to they're going to go on dock and say you gave up on game 1. Yeah. Once after game one, they're gonna just be like, "Oh, you guys gave up. You just automatically thought just because Joel Embiid was there, uh-huh. it wasn't there. You guys gave up, and now that gives more problems with James Harden because then James Harden can think that uh, like no one believed in him, the team doesn't believe in him, the front office doesn't believe in him. So then there's another thing that he's probably gonna want out of the 76ers also, after that. So that yeah. looks extreme. It also, ahead, makes, it also makes Philly look a whole lot worse from that trade if they're just bagging it when James Harden is the healthy superstar and Joel uh-huh. Embiid isn't out there. I get the idea of trying to play the youth. And I th- sure. and I th- obviously that's been a problem for Doc Rivers. I think this entire time in Philly, even back when he was the coach of the Clippers, he right. relied too much on older stars, yeah, uh, so aging stars that aren't really stars, just aging players that sure, have a sure. lot of experience. Right, right. You got to base it position by position. Danny Green, say what you want about his shooting. Danny Green is a solid defensive player, and Agreed. also just yeah. think about how many different 
playoff teams he has experience with. He's made it to the finals with the Spurs with Popovich. He won a championship in Toronto. He's played with the Lakers in the pl- deep in the playoffs That's before. Fair. He has a lot of playoff experience. I mean, he, no, he won a ring with the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was yeah he was with them in the bubble. He was with the Spurs uh, the year they beat Miami. He was with the Raptors the year they won a championship. He's won three rings with three different teams. So he definitely has playoff experience, and he is still you know he can be a net positive even when he's not shooting well. When he's not shooting well, though, I think you've got to give Shake Milton a chance. As for center, though, that's the one because DeAndre Jordan's starting is just insane. Have mm-hmm. they not seen it's how badly he played with the Nets and yep. with the Lakers? He got cut by the Lakers when they were dysfunctional and yep. they needed players. Yep. So that's that, that tells you all you need to know. Right. And when... Paul Reed, you mentioned it. He had, what, nine rebounds in 13 minutes? Something he's, like that. He's an aggressor down low. And, mm-hmm. you know, for a Sixers team that is dealing with a Miami team that has size, has someone in Bam Adebayo who's been to an All-Star right. game before right. and is a healthy big man, I think you need to be giving Paul Reed more minutes. And we heard it right before the postseason started. I remember seeing on Twitter there was, like, some press conference and Doc Rivers was hinting, didn't really want to say anything about Paul Reed playing well, just wanted to talk about how DeAndre Jordan is the backup of center course, of course. and Joel Embiid is the starting center. I don't know why he feels so inclined to give DeAndre Jordan all these minutes. It's a personal thing, because probably. Because he's played in the league longer and obviously Bam Adebayo is an all-star Adebayo will find a way to expose Paul he will find a way compared to the way Jordan's been exposed already by multiple teams and throughout the entire year and especially in that game one look look I'm 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 not saying you're wrong what I'm saying is that at this point without Joel Embiid Without the Sixers, you know, quote unquote, having a chance or not possibly winning this series, whatever you want to say, especially when Harden is getting older and 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 he's been struggling, and also guys like Maxi who have been stepping things up, and there's been more of a role on him, especially to follow suit from Harden and Embiid and company like that. Why not give a guy a chance, a young player, one when he's thriving, two when he in in the little time he gets, he's dominant and and and, and he's putting up minutes and he's being you know very productive, why not give him the opportunity? And look, I get it, Bam is huge. Bam is phenomenal. Great player. Embiid, Bam. That was the highlight center matchup going into this series. Joel, of course, got hurt. But the point is, is that Paul Reed, for for years going forward, is going to be a guy who's going to back up Joel Embiid. DeAndre Jordan's not that guy at all. Honestly, they should cut him. Uh, after no. this season, no, hundred percent. DeAndre Jordan, they should oh, cut after this season. Yeah, after that's what I'm saying. That, they they should cut him after this season because he is brutal to watch. And say what you want about his r- relationship with Doc and DeAndre and whatever, it's horrible. It's 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 absolutely brutal to watch. Paul Reed's going to be your backup center for the future. And DeAndre Jordan, who knows how much time he has left. Right now, with the way he's playing, he's been struggling, and he's been just abysmal to watch. While Paul Reed, in the little time he's getting, is really being productive, especially on the glass. He had nine rebounds, like like Eddie said, in 13 minutes in game one. Why not give the guy a chance? And yes, maybe you lose the series anyway. Maybe you win it with Joel coming back. Maybe, you know, something happens. Who knows? We, we don't know what's going to happen. Most likely, the Sixers might not win this series the way it looks, and no, also depending, of course, on Joel Embiid. But why not give your younger guys a a fighting chance, some experience to some regard, and if you lose the series, at least walk out with some pride in that regard, that even though you know your older players weren't great and your star player was injured, your younger future guys really paid a dividend and played a role in the most crucial moments, whether it was win or loss. Why not just do that? 
at this point. I want to circle back to the chemistry issue that we were talking about before. Yeah. Go, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I'm noticing a common denominator here. And look, as the guys stated in the beginning, I've been a Rockets fan since 2014, I think. So so it's been it's been a little while. Sheesh. Um, and I, I, I've noticed a common theme. You know, Dwight Howard left. Chris Paul got agitated and left. Right. Russell sure. Westbrook requested a trade mm-hmm. and left, even though I didn't like Westbrook to begin well, with. Westbrook so was, was a whole different story. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that's fine. We're not talking bad about yeah. my man. Oh, give me a break, but okay, go ahead. Bro. Go, Gets traded to Brooklyn, for, gets forced out of there, goes to Philly. Tyrese Maxey doesn't even want to sit next to him. Mm. When are we, when are we going to finally start admitting that James Harden is a cancer, that James Harden is the reason why mm. these, these problems – in with team chemistry occur, we were blaming they're Doc not Rivers. Ready to hear that, Brett? We, we were blaming Doc Rivers, and, and yes, Doc Rivers is not a good coach. I mean, I mean, we think we figured this one out already. But James Harden is not a superstar you want to build your team around, and that you want in the locker room. He is not that guy, and he has proven it time and time again. Whether he gained weight to get out of Houston or was in the fat suit, we still don't know. All right, but he. Is he is not a guy you want on your team, and I, good riddance. I'm glad he's out of Houston because genuinely, this is a series that he should be thinking, "Wow, this is the defining moment of my career. I should go out there and put it all on the line." All right. And he cares more about eating lemon pepper wings <laughs> and, and, and going to clubs. I, he, he's a bum. He, he, I, he I said that. That's what happened. And I want to say, got the lifestyle. yeah. And you know, you mentioned the Nets a little more in detail with that. Right after he got traded, one of the most interesting press conferences I think I've ever watched was with Bruce Brown randomly. Right after it was, it was the following game. Right after the trade, and he was saying how happy the locker room was that now everyone that is here wants to be here and wants to be part of it. And let's think about it. This is a team that just acquired Ben Simmons and also had Kyrie Irving, who at that point couldn't even play half the games. And they weren't the problem in their mind. It was James Harden who was out there on the floor for this team. So I think it's just a consistent trend we're seeing with James Harden that people aren't able to get along with him. People who have been able to gel with other players that have been, you know, might have been considered toxic by the media or by some other people. I think James Harden, people aren't realizing, has really been a net negative to a lot of teams. It didn't work in Houston. It didn't work in Brooklyn. And maybe he's happy where he is in Philly right now. But let's be honest. He said he was happy when he first went to Brooklyn, even if Philly was his number one choice. A year later, he was gone and wanted out and was saying his hamstring was hurt and wouldn't play. So uh, you never know how this is going to work out with the Sixers. And you mentioned it. I feel like there's a trend where he, when he first gets to a new team, he gets all excited. He plays really well. He's averaging triple doubles. He did it with the Nets when he first got traded there. He did it the first month with the Sixers, when right. the Sixers were unbeatable, really, in February and March, and we saw them, him and Embiid, getting to the free throw line like 60 times a game. Right. And then after that, Harden, I, I don't feel like he's playing with the same intensity. And in the playoffs, especially with the Sixers team that had Ben Simmons l- last year, you can't have a superstar not playing with 100% intensity. You can say that about Harden in this regard, you know, confidence, not wanting to play, whatever. We haven't seen any injury scenarios yet. We haven't seen any things, oh, oh, my leg hurts, I'm not going to play today or whatever it is. We haven't seen that, thankfully, yet. And, I mean, if the guy is really very happy to be with the Sixers, which it seems to be, and even though, yeah, he's been a a, a little shaky, his, his play has not been great, the guy is happy to play there. But are the other players happy to have him? That's a big question. And honestly, you know, Maxi, maybe he's not. 
Some might be, some might not be. Embiid seems pretty close with Harden from what we can tell. At the same exact time, Doc gets more of the blame because Doc is just a horrible coach. Like, say what you want about James Harden. Doc is really the cancer right now for the Sixers because the guy does not know how to manage a team. He's cocky. He's arrogant. He doesn't know how to switch things up. And at the same exact time, when your star player gets out there and gets hurt, sure, put the pressure on Harden. I get that. But at the same time, when you have these younger guys who have been producing, who have been playing very well, and who have been doing much better than DeAndre Jordan or Danny Green, why not give them a chance where where A, your star player is out, B, Harden, maybe he turns it around, maybe he doesn't. Also, Tobias Harris picking up 27 points. Hopefully that continues. Maxi had 19 points last night. Hopefully that continues too. The point is, is that if you're going to get younger and also if this team is not going to get past the heat, if they're not going to win this series, if they don't think they can win the series... Why not give your young guys a fighting chance and give them some experience whatsoever? Because it's it doesn't too early, get, though. It's too it, early. It's too early, but 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 you lose nothing out of it. You lose nothing out of it. Yeah, you start controversy if you start that. If you start using the younger guys more and and and, and you know they don't think you believe in these veteran guys, you start controversy. I'm, I'm a, no no. I'm not saying get rid of Harden. I, I'm not saying don't play Harden. I'm saying don't play Jordan. I'm saying don't play. Um, green. I'm saying play Milton more, play Thiable more, play Reed more. Get those younger guys more yeah, but agitated James Harden in the situation. James Harden might not want to play with them. James How do Harden, you know that right now? Because James Harden, I'm not saying, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know. I'm not in the team, but you don't know if James Harden wants to play with all those young guys. That He wants the veteran experience. Yeah, he, he wants to know that I know how I can play with people that know how to ball, right. not just came out of college. Yeah. Uh, well, well. You have Say to consider that. the coaching job security standpoint also. No, I agree. Yeah. Where I agree. Doc gotta, Rivers is going to play the experienced players to save his own butt. Right. Or else yeah. he's going to se- get sent off to Crypto.com Arena and have oh, to be my goodness. Oh, <laughs> coach no, of the Lakers. No, so. no. Oh, I'm not allowing that. Oh, with a clown, I'm James, that'd be funny. That. I'm not allowing that. Two drama queens in one big city. Oh, I'm not allowing that. <laughs> but look, look, in all seriousness... I personally would consider this. Consider giving guys like Reed, Milton, Thibault more time. And I say that because, again, if the series is lost, if you're not going to beat this team in the heat, if you're not going to pass round two, you have nothing to lose. At the same exact time with James Harden. James Harden, we don't know if he doesn't want to play with Maxi. We don't know if he doesn't want to play with, you know, Milton or Thibault or any young player on this team. At the same time, I'm not saying get rid of all the all the veterans completely. What I'm saying is get these younger guys who have really been standing out more playing time that they deserve. They deserve to play more compared to Jordan. They deserve to play more than Danny Green. And also, you you still have Tobias Harris out there. So it's not like James Harden playing with a bunch of rookies, young players, all by himself. Say what you want about Tobias Harris. He's a veteran. He knows the game. Now, is he consistent? No, but hopefully he will be after what he did last night against against the Heat in Game 1. So you're you're not just putting Harden out there with a whole bunch of rookies and and young players. You're giving Harden a test with the veteran alongside him, him and Harris to work with these younger players, groom them together, and see what you can produce if the series is going to be lost. If Joel comes back in time, you know, I I would still play, you know, Shake more. I would still play Paul Reed more. I would still give them more of an edge. But Joel is the key here. And 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 if Joel hopefully comes back sooner than expected, Harden I think will get more comfortable. He'll grow more with Embiid. He'll grow more more with, with Tobias Harris. That's your veteran presence right there. At the same time, under that, Maxi. Milton, 
Thibault, whatever younger player, Paul Reed off the bench, guys like that, if you put them together with this veteran presence of Embiid, Maxi, uh, Embiid, Harris, and Harden, that could work something out. But again, all of that scenario depends on whether or not Joel can actually come back sooner. Yeah, that's going to be the real question. But I think just to wrap up on this, the Heat... I don't know. I know they're the number one seed. They are a very, very beatable team. They are. They, they, they are. are. I, I mean, agree. just a couple weeks before the season ended, you had their star player ready to throw hands with the head coach <laughs> and the player who had been on the team for 21 years. So, uh, you know, and just looking at this roster, I mean, you got to be able to. Con- I mean, Tyler Hero had 25 points in game one. My, Max Struess is playing 33 guy. minutes a game. My guy. Your Tyler fa- Hero. Your fanti. Uh, Tyler Hero, yes, you like him? Yes, we okay. all know that. We all know he's better than R.J. Barry, too. I agree. 100%. No, I agree with that completely. But I think we can – I can agree with Alex's point here about trying to get some more youth and mixing it in with the veterans. You have nothing to lose right now. And Eric Spolster – well, no, not because of that. Just because of – look, if you look at the box score and how the Heat have been able to do this, because Jimmy right. Butler has not had a great season. Sure, he sure. hasn't. And Bam Adebayo has had a good year, but it hasn't been at the same level as he was two years ago when he was all, an all-star in the bubble year. Right. But you look at the way that they've put together this roster and how they're playing the minutes. You've got P.J. Tucker, who's that one veteran, sort of like a Danny Green in Philly, who has lots of playoff experience, was with Milwaukee last year, playing 28 minutes, only 10.7 boards, but he's the enforcer. But you're also letting the young guys like Tyler Hero, like Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, unsung heroes that are getting significant minutes and are capitalizing in those situations. And then you even got like some veterans, Victor Oladipo and stuff, but they're not being thrust out there for all these minutes and being forced to play high pressure situations when they're not really capable of that. And Eric Spolstra is not living in the past with this team despite having a lot of aging players on the roster. But the 76ers, you know, when you've got DeAndre Jordan starting in a playoff game in 2022 makes no sense. is ridiculous. When you have George Niang playing 22 minutes, not scoring at all and missing all six of his shot attempts and not turning to somebody else, that's not anything about youth versus experience. That's just... Doc Rivers being a bad coach. Mm-hmm. And also incompetence right there. Just yeah. absolute incompetence. And look, again, I put more of the blame on Doc than I do Harden or anybody else because Doc Rivers has been, just been so inept the entire season long. He's been so abhorrent to watch, to coach, all of that stuff. And we saw it last round. Hey, they won the round in six games. The fact that you you lost two games like that, that should have never happened to begin with. And Doc Rivers is to blame for that for, for the, po- the, the poor coaching, the poor game plan, all of that. And Joel got hurt. That's true. At the same time, you put more of the blame on Doc. And, yes, Joel injured. Maybe it's an excuse. Maybe it's not. But at the same time, you put more of the focus on Doc for, the, for just a horrible incompetence we've been seeing the entire year long. And we've been seeing, especially in the playoffs, for two weeks now. And it's still ridiculous for a team that has been trusting the process now for almost a decade yep. that they completely fall apart when Joel Embiid gets hurt. If it wasn't for Joel Embiid's miracle three-pointer, that get, it could have been a seven-game series against a Raptors team that was good but certainly wasn't good enough to be going to a seven-game. No, you're right. You're right. It's brutal. We'll leave it at that. Bottom of the hour, we got locks. We got a sports cast coming up. Stay with us here on the WRSU Tuesday crew. Eddie Kalegi, Brett Hahn, Alex Carminati, and Amir Lighty on 88.7 WRSU-FM New Brunswick and streaming live at WRSU.org. Locks of the week. 
here on a Tuesday on the WRSU crew. Eddie Kalegi, Brett Hahn, Alex Carmenati, Amir Lighty. Final Tuesday crew with Skip and Shannon and final set of locks. I tell you, I tell you, Shannon Shop, man, you're, you're, you're a heck of a guy. And the way you bear with me with my, uh, my whole bajambles here, man, I tell you, you're a class act, pal. You really are. Yeah, man, I, I try a little bit. I try. I try with my hardest. It's all right, though. I'm going to miss it. It's going to be... Well, well, I... Well, st- well we got to save your tears until 7.55. You're right, but yeah. I still want to go to the crib. I want to have my <laughs> Chick-fil-A at the crib and have a dinner with Geo Baker at the crib. I still want that to happen. I'll see when it happens. I know, no, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I just... That's, that's one thing you have to promise me here. Yet the promise me that actually takes place because Geo Baker is an absolute class act. Luke Luke Nathan, a great class act, and I want to see the crib myself. I'm sure I'm sure the crib is a lovely crib. It's a lovely place. I'm sure it's great. When yeah. I, when Alex is going to the crib, it's starting to sound like when Plankton is going to steal this Krabby Fatty secret formula. <laughs> I just love that ever since you learned what the word crib meant, you're just using it so much in a hey. sentence. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it's, it's awesome to listen to. Hey, hey, man, hey. They they put him in the crib for a reason, you know? I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know. They they put him in the crib. Amir's in the crib. Gio's in the crib. Luke's in the crib. I mean, we, we, we all went for the crib. You all went for the crib. Yeah, yeah, we all. We Y'all all still live in the crib. I mean, no, it's great. No, it's, it's incredible. You know, Amir, we have an interest. I actually have a story to share before we do our lock because uh-huh. Saturday I'm at Rutgers Day. All of a sudden, Alex comes up to me with a microphone. I'm wearing my, uh, it's like a blue shirt. It has the office and Dunder Mifflin on it. And this man calls it Dunder Mufflin. Dunder, what? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I said what? Dunder Muffin. That's what I said. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dunder Muffin. <laughs> You never watched The Office before? I've not. Oh, you're, you're missing out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Haven't either. Oh, it's a great show. See, Shannon Shop? Yeah. yeah. But you guys are missing out. Great but show. Even if you haven't, a lot of people, I don't know. Also, it said it on my shirt in like 20 places. It says Thunder Mifflin. I was, standing I was skimming me. really quickly. <laughs> I was skimming really quickly. I was just talking and yapping and yapping. You were there as well. You and your buddies or whoever they were. And uh, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. Eh, eh, I, I tell you. Ed the Shed's got a nice collection of shirts. I'll tell you that. Ed the Shed with his Dunder Mufflin. Right? Mufflin? No, Mifflin. No, Mifflin. 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 Dunder Mifflin shirt. He's got a real nice shirt of that. It's a nice blue, you know, nice shirt, polo shirt, whatever. Very nice, like, Hawaiian style. Very nice. Uh, uh, you know, Shannon Shop's got some real, you know, uh, some real cleat weather or some real, uh, some nice clothing or whatever. Or what do you call it? What? I'm blanking on it. I mean, what drip? Drip. Thank drip? you. Drip. Oh, I'm blanking on it. <laughs> Either Lanta. drip or oh my, oh, there's another term like drip or like gear or fit. You know, fits. 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 Thank you. Fits. Fits. Thank you. Yeah, fits. fits. That's what it is. I, <laughs> gear fits. I don't know. It's something like that. Country boy takes on slang. That's right. No, you're right. Country boy lives under a rock like Patrick Star. Hey, hey, man. <laughs> But you know what? Speaking of, I'm a hillbilly man. What can I tell you? Speaking Jeez. of country boys, let's go to NASCAR for my lock. Go let's ahead. Go. All right. <laughs> I love when Eddie uses NASCAR, bro. I love that. This like is... no one would think that. Brandon Brown's the greatest. No, he's not. This is actually a pretty big lock for me <laughs> because okay. Now, if you count my three locks I did on Summer Crew, all of them I took, you know, the spread against the Orioles, and I was right on all three. That doesn't I'm, really count. I guess what? I'm still going to count bet, them. I just bet against the Orioles. <laughs> if I better. do, though, you know what? That's still a lock. 
It was locked to happen, and it did. That's fair. So my record this year is 8-11, and 11, but if I include those, I'm 11-11, and 11, which means I can get above the 500 mark to finish out the year if I hit on this lock. So we're going to NASCAR with wow. the legend himself, Ross Chastain. And by the way, stealing Alex's term, talk about a class act, a watermelon farmer turned NASCAR driver oh, from wow. Florida. And his team is owned by Pitbull, Team Trackhouse. Oh. He has won two races this season at Circuit of the Americas. Very nice. Which by the way, a track that F1 goes to, so he knows how to turn right too. And Talladega, where you just turn left. We're going to a track where you do just have to turn left, and it's Darlington Raceway, where he's finished well. He's finished in the top five before. My lock, right? He's having a really good year, a surprising year. He's never finished higher than 18th in the final point standings. Right now, he's sitting fourth. I think he's going to keep the momentum going. So my lock is Ross Chastain finishes in the top 10 this Sunday in the Goodyear 400 at Dover. I like it. I watermelon like it. farmer, huh? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. He owns a watermelon farm in Florida. The and American his, dream, baby. His celebration at the end of any race that he wins, he stands on top of the car, holds a big watermelon, and then smashes it down on the asphalt. So That is the beauty <laughs> of the American dream. Yes, it is. And Beautiful. Pitbull is his owner. I mean, oh! that is just the greatest team. Mr. 305. Yes, Mr. Worldwide. He had Pit, a picture of Pitbull on his car, like on the hood. It was like promoting <laughs> Pitbull's like, new single. It was like, it was epic the other day. But yeah, that is my lock. Uh, before we get to this final skip and Shannon logs, Brett, you got a lock for us? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I- I'm going to go off Eddie's Baltimore Orioles logic because there's a team worse than that in the MLB, and that's the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> oh, the my Cincinnati goodness. Reds are 3-19 and 19 right now. They're- Did you see the video when they dropped three straight pop-ups and three straight pitches? Oh, absolutely. Did they the really? Rockies? Yep. So I'm oh I'm going to take uh, Mr. Eddie Clegg's strategy here and bet against the Reds because they're, they're, they're god-awful. Who are they playing? So they're playing the Milwaukee Brewers tonight. Brandon, oh. Brandon Woodruff is Brewers. one of the better pitchers in the MLB. Yeah. And... Their their money line is minus two thirty five, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go money line Milwaukee Brewers. Now, if you want to take a riskier lock that that I still think is gonna hit, um, Clay Thompson, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson to make ten plus combined threes tonight is plus one seventy. Wow! And I don't think that's I don't think that's too bad. Clay had a good game one, and you know Bain can shoot. I was trying to I was trying to do it in a parlay. Unfortunately, you can't do that. Otherwise, I would have given some even better odds for everybody. But um, can't combine them. I mean, you can't go wrong with either one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lock in. I'm gonna lock in the Brewers, but keep, but keep an eye on the the other one. That's that's a bold pick. And oh, the Brewers. Oh, oh. But yeah. What's wrong with the Brewers? Oh, I can't stand the Brewers. Can't stand the Brewers. Brutal. Awful. Brutal. Okay then. All right. What's 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 your lock, Shannon? Shannon Shop. Shop. Go ahead. Oh me? Yes, Shannon yeah. Shop. You? Not the other Shannon. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the other Shannon. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. I'm going to go to the best playoffs to ever live. Not the NBA playoffs. Hockey. Not the NFL playoffs. Not the MLS playoffs. Not the MLB playoffs. The NHL playoffs, baby. It is. The best playoffs to ever live. And there was a couple couple games that happened yesterday. kind of shook me, you know? I I didn't think the Kings were going to win. I didn't think... The Wild were going to shut out four nothing. That annoyed me. Freaking Maple Leafs demolished the Lightning yeah, five nothing. That, that was insane. So I'm going to go to the. Uh, I'm going to go on the West Coast, and I'm going to take my boys, the Avalanche, my Avalanche money line. And if uh, you want to do a little two team, I'm taking my Avalanche and the Calgary Flames 
Those are I love I love watching both those teams. I hope both those teams make it to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think they can. I think they might have to play each other after this. I forgot. I have to. No, 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 no. They they both won their divisions. Oh yeah, so, so they can so, be yeah. conference finals. Yeah. yeah. Easily. Yeah, so hopefully that's a conference final. That would be a great one. It would. But I'm going for those two. Um, I can't tell you about the Penguins and the Rangers because they're just, they're both, I just hate both of those teams, and they're, like, evenly, like, pretty good. So, and I don't know. Like, yeah, that, the Rangers that series, are better. That series might go Penguins, to seven. Yeah, no, the Penguins are always turns up in the playoffs. Oh, so, yeah. Crosby, Malkin, Ugh, and all of them. Stand so. Crosby. So, yeah, I'm going to just keep it with those two. Those two are definitely my locks. I love both of them. I hope, you know. I, I the Avalanche better win this year though. That's all I'm saying. They, they have, have to. to win. After all the stuff that's just been going on, like they have to win. They have they lost out with too many teams. Too many t- not too many teams. Too many times. Too many times they've been the favorite. They do so good in the regular season, mm-hmm. then they fail in the second round. Well, in Game Seven, especially in the second round, they fold every time. Right. Yeah. Well, now we have the special final lock. You've learned so much from Amir Lighty, all I about have. the world of betting I have. this I semester. Sure yes. Yeah. So Skip Bayless, Alex Carminati, what can you give us? I know how to lose my money thanks to his, you know, great advice from Shadow. My Shad. advice is perfectly fine. He just sucks. <laughs> he just thinks because I took the freaking Colts one time and should have won. I'm gonna run with that. Should have won. I'm gonna run with that every I day. Should have won. By the time we get off the air, I'm I'm still gonna run with that. It'll be I, phenomenal. And 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 I'm telling you. When I go to the crib, when I have my dinner at the crib, Gio, Luke, and I are, are going to talk about all of that at the crib. And that's fine. And they're going to say, that was a smart idea by yes. me. Yes. No, 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 You didn't have to say crib three times crib. in ten seconds. I like <laughs> that term. The crib is very nice. I, I, I like it a lot. I mean, you know, you, you, you put a baby in the crib. You could live in a crib. You could be in the crib. You can stay in the crib. You can have fun in the crib. You can have friends over at the crib. No, it's great. It's phenomenal. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great term. Who came up with the term? Who did? Seriously. You? Cribs? Yeah, who? Yeah, bro, I don't no. know. <laughs> crib has been a word for so long. For how long? Oh, like, my God. This is awesome. Before we were all born. Really? Yes, people have used the word crib in like since probably the 1800s. No, 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 I know. I wouldn't say that. Nineteen, like probably past the 1950s. Really? So so you're telling me when you were a baby, like your mother didn't say, "Oh, I'm gonna put him in his crib." No, 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 no. No, No, that that word's been around for so long. No, no, that I get, but like to reference as your place or your house. Let's go back to the crib, gang. Like I, I never heard that before. You know, I mean. I've heard, hey, gang, let, let, let's go back to my place, or let's go back to the house, let's go back to the apartment, let's go back to the place, let, let's uh, let, let's hang out at my place. I never heard of, let's hang out at the crib, let's hang out at my crib. I never heard of that before until this guy. Well, guess what? I just went on Google and I found out the first time a crib was used as a place of residence was by William Shakespeare in the play really? where Henry the Fourth says William Shakespeare uh, knows what's up, baby. Yeah, He's yeah, a man of shout out Willie. Henry the Fourth said that <laughs> he was out. going to Thou Smoky Crib. Yeah, so. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout out my boy Willie the Shakespeare. Oh, Shakespeare was the man. I love Shakespeare. <laughs> shout out Willie, my man's my guy. What's up, Willie? We 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 miss you. <laughs> He's been gone for like four hundred years, so I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure we all miss him at this point, but. All right, what's your lock? My lock. <laughs> uh, hey, man, hey, you know, we're having fun at the WRSU crib. That's all we're doing right now. We're having fun at this crib. But sometime soon, I'm going to have fun at Geo's crib with Amir and Luke. But anyway, uh, my lock. The Celtics, the Bucks, 
Milwaukee surprisingly took down Boston in game one by double digits. It was incredible. They were up by 16 at one point. I mean, the way the, the, way the Bucs just ran the table in game one was just very shocking. Game two tonight, the spread, Boston four and a half favorites. Milwaukee's going to cover. That's my lock. I think, I think Milwaukee goes up 2-0. Marcus Smart not playing tonight. He's out with an injury. Smart this year has been unbelievable. Defensive player of the year for many reasons, if not just one. But, you know, as a whole, my bet, take Milwaukee. They'll cover the spread. Still no Middleton. Still still with that injury. Giannis played pretty well in game one, and the Bucks really shocked everybody in game one. Now, are they going to win the series? Possibly. Can Boston come back? Of course. But right now in game two, the way momentum has shifted, also keep in mind that Marcus Smart is not playing tonight. Take uh, the Bucks to cover the spread. The spread's a minus four and a half in favor of the Celtics. Take the Bucks, they'll cover. They'll be up 2-0 by the time tonight comes to a close. All right, we'll leave it at that. We'll step. If I lose money because of this, I'm gonna be very mad. I'm gonna be very mad. You're taking my advice. No, I'm not. I'm you not. should though. I'm not. You I'm... should take my advice. No, because because I. No. I'm telling you, I could win you probably a million dollars. Stop you, it. If you take this bet, no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. I could. No. And no. you can buy many cribs with Geo and Luke and everybody else. No. You don't no. need many cribs. You only need one. Well, if if you have the money, why not buy two cribs or three cribs, cribs or even four cribs? Why yeah, not? but then it's not as special as being like denominated as the crib. No. But anyway, here's my other crib. <laughs> here's that crib I have. You know why not? We'll talk more about cribs after the break. Sportscast <laughs> coming up. Also, hour two, an interview with Shane Knobloch. Stay with us. Eighty-eight point seven WRSU FM, New Brunswick. It's the WRSU Tuesday Crew. Back on the Tuesday crew, WRSU-FM New Brunswick, only online as well on WRSU.org. Alex Carbonati, Brett Hahn, Eddie Kalegi, my good friend Shadon Sharp, Amir Lighty also with us here. Gentlemen, let's talk about the New York Mets, the Amazons, the Mets, who are coming off a series win against the Phillies this past weekend at home at City Field. Currently, they're taking on the Braves. They uh, won game one, Eddie said earlier on, against uh, uh, the Braves today. Game two of their doubleheader currently right now. Brett, apparently you went to City Field on Sunday night and saw Max Scherzer lead the Mets into a 10-6 victory and a series win this past weekend. I did, and, and you know, it wasn't Max Scherzer's most quality start. I mean, he did allow f- three home runs, two of which oh, were really? to Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Oh, my. But, but I mean, at the same time, he struck out nine batters. Oh, he wow. struck out his first five. So he, he was... He was absolutely electric, and uh, you know I, I'm tracking the Mets game right now. And Carrasco got a strikeout. I mean, it took him seven pitches to throw a strike. Thank God he finally did. <laughs> um, but but yeah, the, the, the game on Sunday was electric. Uh, the with that the Mets were able to uh, capture their seventh series to open the season. That's the first time they've ever done it, and they just continued their uh, reign of dominance in the month of April and early May. Now. Um, Oh, well, uh, now I'm forgetting. Oh yeah, and and, and before you know, b- before any anybody else has anything to say, I, I want to shout out the Yankees fans who were there. I typically don't like Yankees fans at all, but they were in unison heckling Schwarber with us. Oh really? And that's funny. And and for that, I have all the respect in the world for for those fans. How but many? They, they're the select few. How many Yankee fans were there? Uh, there were about. I was sitting like left field home run territory. There's about five. Okay. And then there are a few. There are a few Phillies fans. There were two Athletics fans. I don't know what the heck they were doing. <laughs> Oakland. Well, I I don't know what the heck they were doing there. So but, they come out to City Field. They won't go to the games in Oakland because they can only get like two thousand fans at those games. <laughs> pretty much. And the stadium's horrible out there. It's a horrible stadium, the Odatsio Coliseum. It's, it's brutal. 
No, but the game was fun, man. I mean, I I, uh, I, I was celebrating the runs with Pin Man. Uh, the, 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 the cowbell man came around too. We, we were all vibing, and, and you think, know the Mets are playing really well. They won ten to six. I think I might know Pin, who, who that is. He might have been at, at my cousin's wedding. I'm serious. I'm serious about this. No way. No, I'm serious. Explain. <laughs> I don't know the full details. I don't know the entire story, but somehow. My cousin, who's from New York, got married to a guy who's from Massachusetts, but the wedding was here, uh, or not here, but out on Long Island. And um, I think this guy was there or not. I can't remember exactly, but his wife was there, and his wife was telling me about who this guy is. And the wife is a friend of my cousin's from high school, I think. So, again, I don't know the exact pieces and parts of the story, but, again, I could be right, I could be wrong, but from what I vividly remember... Like, uh, at my cousin's wedding, Pinman's wife was there, and Pinman, I think, was there, too. I, I, I don't remember exactly. Pinman's a class act. I've heard. I've heard. I just want to say it now. He, I've heard he he's is, a class he's act. He's a really nice dude, and it was great celebrating two runs get getting scored with the guy. Yeah, I mean, that was a great series, and I know uh, uh, John Hartner from He was our, there for the no-hitter. Yeah, he was there for the no-hitter. Um, I mean that that was a great game in the All Black Unis and Edwin Diaz was able to seal it off, which is <laughs> which is good. You know what, Diaz Diaz as bad as he was in 2019, he has turned things around and he's gotten a little more in favor with the Mets fans. But what I gotta say, what I am so happy about, thank goodness for Steve Cohen, Uncle Steve, getting rid of Robinson Cano, Uncle Steve. eating the 40 million dollars. Clearing him from the roster. The baseball gods are upon us. I know. The new era is here, baby. I, I saw people saying, if this was the time when, like, Mickey Calloway was manager, <laughs> Cano would have been batting third each of the last three games to try to straighten oh, himself out. Like, that, it's it's just amazing. And it's, I mean, I, I know Dom Smith kind of forced their hand on Sunday night, but it shouldn't have even been a question. He Dom Smith four, is four. so much better. Even without the four-for-four four game, Smith is a much better player than Robinson Cano. It's pretty obvious when Robinson Cano is not on the steroids, he can't play you anymore. You might know this 40. song I'm about to play. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Yeah. A little bit? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. I'm trying to find the Edwin Diaz song. I'm trying to find the intro song to make you Mets fans happy. What, the trumpet song the when trumpet he comes song. out? Oh, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to find it. Oh, the trumpet song's awesome. Here it is. Oh, here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little hard to hear because uh, there's a fan recording. But... See, dance and shake, pal. There you go. It's, well, it is a classic. It is a classic. Yeah. The best one, though, that I've ever seen that was, like, totally undeserved was I went to an Angels game in 2019, and they had this weird intro for Hansel Robles when he was the closer for no them. Way. And they had this whole big thing where, because they called him the Palomino, and they had this creepy guy wearing a horse mask and the scoreboard, and they were playing, like, Beethoven music. And in this the was background. in California, Yes, right? yes. Oh and it was goodness. this big, long four-minute intro for Hansel Robles to come out, and he barely got the save, too, and it was against, like, Texas. So it was, like, it was <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The Mets are playing well. It's nice to see, you know, new leadership and Steve Cohen willing to, uh, you know, spend money and also willing to eat money. Obviously, the whole situation with Robinson Cano was not ideal. But in the end, as bad as that trade was, Jared Kalanick has not looked that good in both of his major league appearances so far with the Seattle Mariners. And Justin Dunn isn't even in the majors anymore. And Edwin Diaz has turned out to be much better than we thought. And he's got this really nice trumpet song, too. So in the end... That trade that was really bad, I'd say, is only kind of bad at this point. Yeah, and I mean, uh, going back to the going going back to the walkout music, I have to say, the best one is definitely Luis Guillorme. 
Guillaume has an awesome song. I, I, I have no idea the name. I, I'm not even going to sit here and try to attempt the I name. tell you, I don't know but. the name of Chris Burrito's walk-up song for Records Baseball, but the suave and the whole mixture, the way he does that in his song, it's very catchy. It's a very, very catchy song, and whatever, I mean, I think I know what suave means. I'm blanking right now, but I'm sure it means something good, and Chris Burrito's playing with suave. Is to the crib? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think so. No, no. Best, best walk, so. walk-up music that the Nets have had was Yoannis Cespedes when he had the Lion King music, when he was good, because that right, was exciting. Right. When he was really right. bad and like, had, like, two busted legs in 2019, that wasn't as exciting. <laughs> but when he was good in 2015 and 16, and then, of course, uh, shipping up to Boston when Daniel Murphy would be batting. Oh, that was, That's that, a good that one. That was an all-time That's best. a good yeah. one. For sure. The good old days. It's still a great song. Yeah. Still phenomenal song. And the Mets played every time I turn around, regardless of what it is. That's, like, Dr- that's I, Draymond Green's favorite song. Or favorite band, excuse me, Dropkick Murphys. Dropkick Murphys? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so suave means charming, confident, and elegant. Chris Brito plays like that, and he suaves the ball up. He suaves it up all the time. I tried. I tried with the pun. But the way he suaves the ball definitely shows he is suave for sure. This is so fun. You've learned, like, what a crib is, and you've learned what suave is, and we're just in the first hour. And I'm playing Edwin Diaz music for you. Who would have thought that? And, again, I'm not a Mets fan at all. I can care less for the Mets. But I do like his song. His song is very catchy, and, and the trumpets, and when Mr. Met and Mrs. Met go out there and blow the trumpets around or whatever... I tell you, it, it's a really good PR stunt. It's a, it's a very good PR stunt. And the Mets, lousy team, lousy you know, f- you know, record and organization or what have you, but their PR is pretty good. I'll give them that. Their I PR mean, is phenomenal. I mean, they get the best record in the National League right now, but, you know. They're number one in the power ranks. By, <laughs> so, by, I, I mean, I don't know. By next week, they'll be gone. We'll see. Yeah, All right, we'll see. Well, one that. last thing I want to ask you this hour, Brett. Since you were there on Sunday night, you got to see the egregious thing where Yoan Lopez threw inside at Kyle Schwarber, and somehow that resulted in a three-game suspension. I mean, and Buck Showalter got suspended for that. That that's payback for what took place, by the way. Yeah, my 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 angle of the whole thing was that's pretty bad because I was in left field. Yeah, but um, you didn't hit him. It, they didn't it, even uh, throw up and in like they did at Arenado. They threw low. Honestly, our you know what. Our entire section was chanting, hit him. <laughs> so, yeah, my, myself included. So, I mean. Um, you're, not that, you're not that innocent then. Fair enough. No, I'm not. But um, I don't think it should have gotten a three-game suspension for that. That was that was crazy. And I have a lot of uh, words that are just not appropriate for the air, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I think Yopez on this team, his role is just to throw at people because the only times I've seen him have been now Arenado and <laughs> Kyle Schwarber. But you know what? You always need an enforcer. You need a Patrick Beverly. You need an Eddie Kalegi on your roster. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But we'll leave it at that because we have reached hour two. I'm going to try to play the song one more time for you. Some Edwin Diaz stuff. Oh, we're going to get some Edwin Diaz? I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. I'm trying to find it. Hour two is going to be coming up. Uh, When we come back. There it is. There you go. Brett's having a good time with this. I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm sure you'll enjoy this. Anyway, Eddie, I, yeah, let's go. I don't think there's any better hype music than that. And that music will get you hyped up because we're going to be talking to Shane Knobloch after this break. 
some talk about Rutgers men's lacrosse ahead of the Big Ten tournament. So stay with us. And, of course, Hour 2, more NBA, more NFL. And Alex will say goodbye to Shannon Sharp at the end. So stay with us here on 88.7 WRSU-FM New Brunswick and streaming live at WRSU.org.